We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is uh, November twenty third, Monday. Uh, it's Monday after Week Eleven, Chris, and terrible week, obviously for me as a Bengals fan. Uh, we'll start there. Uh, brutal injury. We talked about this all year. You keep you keep getting big hits to your quarterback, your prize quarterback. It's going to get hurt, and unfortunately, it was worst case scenario. Uh, his 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 knee got wrecked. Uh, and you know, it's, it was a clean hit. It wasn't like a dirty player or anything, but his left knee is toast. Now, uh, we'll see him next year in the case of Joe Burrow. And uh, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm really bummed out about this one. Yeah, it sucks, man. And it may not be week one, you know I mean? Right. It's pretty far into the season. There, if there's other ligament damage with the ACL could be week six, you know I mean? It could be halfway through next year. I mean, imagine like him being undraftable next August. When with T. Higgins and Boyd and Mixon again, maybe, um, you know, this would be actually something that could be a huge, you know, offensive situation. But it just goes to show, like, you cannot, you need an offensive line. You can't do that. You can't just have the quarterback. Andrew Luck dealt with this by the time they got it right with the offensive line. He was already too beat up to uh, really have a career. Uh, And so, you know, you hope Burrow doesn't go down that road, but. This is, this is worse than luck. I mean, luck was played a few years, you know, before he started to really break down, he broke down right away. And the thing about Burrow and luck, which is similar 
is that both are kind of fearless. Like Burrow yeah. was getting his ass kicked every week, but he wasn't really, you didn't see him get the happy feet. You didn't see him really get uh cowed by it. He would just be like, yeah, whatever. I'd get up after a hit. And so he's one of those guys that, you know, almost like the team has to protect because he's not going to slide and get out. You know, he, he's going to stay with it. So, um, horrible luck and, uh, and kind of malpractice by the Bengals too. Yeah. And we talk a lot about how in the NFL, you almost need a quarterback with some mobility, but the trade-off of mobility is you, you get hit a lot more. And, you know, like the fourth down play earlier, uh, and you wrote about that in your observations article. It's like, yeah, more of that is going to be a problem. And it came, unfortunately that problem came a, a quarter later, but, uh, you know, they were ahead. They, 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 they were rallied. They were, you know, Burrow had like 190 passing yards in the first half. They were moving the ball against a tough pass defense, but he was getting beat up. And, uh, you know, when he comes back, is he going to be that mobile anymore? You know, that's the thing. Does that, I, I worry about that quite a bit. It's kind of like Carson Wentz. Yeah. Wentz is mobile still a little bit, but Wentz, we can talk about him, but he, he's like trough yeah. Brett Favre. You know, it's all guts, no skills. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, he'll probably will be at his age. He'll probably come back still pretty mobile. It's just that I, I don't like, we'll see how bad the rest of the damage is, but if just an ACL to repair it, it'll heal. He'll be like, he's pretty old burrow. Someone's joking about it. Like he's already like 30, but, uh, you know, it'll heal. And it's the chronic beatings, you know, like the hip injuries and the back injuries and the soft tissue injuries that make these guys that were once quick and had a quick first step slow. Yeah. You know, it's the Steve McNair's cam Newton's probably not as fast as he once was. The guy who just got like beat up over time. Burrow has been beat up, but it's only been, you know, 10 games and the ACL as bad as it is. I don't think it's going to make him a statue next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But we'll see when he's ready and see what he, what's, what he's like and what the Bengals have done in the off season too. Uh, you know, they spent, you know, they spent money this past off season and almost uniformly it hasn't paid off. I mean, Trey Wayne still hasn't played a game. You know, he was their cover corner that they signed. DJ Reader. Yeah, he, he's he's out. Uh, you know, they, you know, Mackenzie Alexander's missed games. They signed Mixon. Yep, that's right. Uh, it's always some money. Yeah, Jonah Williams, their first round pick last year, has struggled and has been hurt this year after not playing a down last year. I mean, it's some of this is bad luck. Some of this, though, it's just bad bad decisions too. And you know, this is the Bengals have had like. So little return from their first round pack picks over the years. John Ross what hasn't about, done anything as a pro. What about Zach Taylor and the GM? Why don't they just get rid of those guys? Start over again. I mean, does this does this seem like a winning crew to you? It's hard it, to just, say with Taylor. I want to give him more time. I think sometimes I I think sometimes you need to give it a little bit of time. I, I it's been two years. Mistakes, but he was almost winless last year. It's been two years. They why not put in two tight ends and five offensive linemen on every play until Burrow gets enough protection. What's the priority here? You know, like what are they doing? Yeah. Why not? Why are you putting them out there getting crushed every game? You got, you're playing the football team. They have one of the best pass rushers in the league. Shouldn't they be going double tight end playing it conservative? Oh wait, the offense isn't that good. They're handing off a lot. They're, they're not. Yeah. Because we're not going to the playoffs. So our priority is to keep our star quarterback, you know, safe, develop him for this year. And then, you know, when we get a better offensive line, we'll start running a real offense next year. I mean, these guys just like, oh, it's bad luck. It's too bad. He's, this guy's getting crushed every play so that someone like me or you can just watch and be like, 
yeah, he, he gets takes more hits than anybody. Of course, it's a ticking time bomb. Of course, you're taking hits. It's, it's just a matter of time before you're out for the year and have real damage. Yeah, and you you're in the AFC hits. North. You're not. There's no backdoor chance of the playoffs. There's nothing. You know. Yes, there's development, and there, that is that does have value, but. You know, when still develop like the Steelers game last week. Why he was in? I know he was like, "I'm no quitter" and all that. Well, sometimes the coach has to be the adult in the room. Say, well, "Okay, no. this is a blowout. Let's get him out of here." Well, leave him in, but hand off and get right. get the ball out quick. I mean, change the offense around. I mean, if you can't protect him, change the offense so that you're still developing him. It's it's not the offense you'd run if you're trying to optimally score points. Yeah, it's not the Super Bowl where you're going to take some chances. This is like total developmental time and you're why take any chances? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're always taking some chances by having them out there, but why, why not, you know, two tight ends and quick release patterns and things like how to preserve himself. Clearly the guy needed to learn how to preserve himself. He's not Russell Wilson who knows exactly when to slide. Although Russell Wilson got beat up for a couple of weeks too, but he's not going to take care of himself. You got to design an offense at this point that is, I mean, I don't know. It just, it just seems like one one coaching one one like, all right, we're out of the playoffs. We're playing the football team. We're playing the Steelers. These are teams that, you know, we're going to want to just design the offense to maximize protection first. And then, you know, if it's going well, we can experiment a little bit, but I would can those guys. And then all the failures of all these picks, I mean, Burrow was a no brainer pick. There's no skill in drafting him. Yeah. I guess T Higgins was a good pick, but all these failed signings and picks just, Seems like just get rid of this crew. I don't well, see Zach Taylor blowing signings, up somewhere else. You know, they they got a little unlucky. Wayne's has been, you know, all these guys have gotten hurt. And the thing is, that's the first time they've ever spent anything in free agency. That's that's kind of like so. I can't really throw them under the bus for the signings. They tr- I mean, hashtag that's they tried, fine. But that's fine. But I mean, I I don't know. It just seems like this. It doesn't seem like this is. You know, it's like the Giants had Shermer and gave him a tr- chance, and I thought he was going to be good, and he kind of sucks. When they fired him, I was like, yeah, good riddance. Like, he had a couple of years. He didn't develop anybody. He didn't do anything. It's kind of so, like quarterbacks for you. You're like, if they don't do it the first couple of years, move on, huh? you got to move on quick. I mean, what are you doing, Zach Taylor, for multi, you know, two years is, a, is, a, is enough time for a coach, and then he gets the quarterback hurt. Forget it. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, maybe that's the right play there. Um, meanwhile, the foot, the football team get, got to three wins. Now the giants have three wins. The Cowboys have three wins. The Eagles have three wins and a tie against my Bengals. It, it, we could have a five win division winner. It, it's, I don't think we will, but it's possible still. Yeah. I think six is six and a half is probably over under six, six and a half. It'll be hard to get to seven for any of these teams. Yeah. Six. Probably. I think probably six. But those are out of division wins for both Washington and uh, Dallas this week. Cowboys look like a football team. They look normal this week. Now their defense was pretty bad in the second half. Uh, they came up big at the very end, but still, uh, first half they played pretty good defense. Um, they're moving the ball. Andy Dalton's not great, but he looked like a, a real quarterback. Yeah, they they were fine. CD yeah. Lamb made an amazing catch on the touchdown. And then Thielen made an like even better catch oh, on their touchdown, but it was it was cool. You know the, the Vikings are so funny because they have three guys, they have Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook, and that is it. Yeah. Nobody else gets anything, and so those three guys are like you know Thielen's top seven receiver, top five receiver. Cook is number one probably now with Kamara dealing with Tim Tebow quarterback, and then you got uh, and then got Jefferson who's a top twenty receiver. Like the three of those guys are just. This is bananas every week. 
Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, you get a little tight ends working there. Uh, you know, Barely. Rudolph had yeah. a game against the, the Bears on Monday night. Irv Smith had a couple touchdowns in another game. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a very narrow trick. That's, that's nice. It's an investable. It's investable. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny that way. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, people were like, I don't know what to do about Thielen and Jefferson because they had those two huge uh, running games where all they did was run the ball, basically, and they got like 50 yards each between the wide receivers. But, you know, this is more normal for Minnesota. Their defense isn't very good. They're going to have to throw the ball at times. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, it's always the second half. They never want to. Yeah. And then the games where Cousins and Thielen go off, it's because, like, they're behind, like, this game, and they just throw all over the place, and often it's a bad defense like Dallas, and they, they light it up. But Yeah. Um, uh, I always hate, you know, I mean, it's great for the teams, but I always hate when you get these games, and you're, you've are you got fantasy going. Yeah, the, the offenses move the ball, but they each took, like, eight-minute drives, and all of a sudden you want more possessions when you've got a lot of these fantasy guys, unless you have the running backs. If you have the running backs, you're fine. But when you got the wide receivers or quarterbacks, you're like, come on, let's throw the ball more. Let's get, let's not grind clock. Let's let's snap the ball already for the love of goodness. Yeah, you know, let's go. Yeah, you don't. You want a lot of uh, points per minute. You don't want slow developing. And you know, it's funny. The Raiders Chiefs was like that. That's what I was thinking was, of. Yeah, it was like they're just each going for like seven minutes. I mean, they scored plenty of points, but. Man, that was frustrating. I mean, I'm glad that the Raiders covered because that was all that I really, the only dog I really had in the fight, but they should have won that game. I mean, it, it was that, that Witten penalty was bad because oh, it made them have so to score. It made them have to score more than they, they had to worry about the touchdown when, when Witten had that five yard penalty more than the clock because you're on the six. So there's no guarantee you're going to score when they had it on the one. They could have just almost like almost better to like just purposely get it to the one inch line. And just go for it on fourth down, you know, and just leave Mahomes with almost nothing, rather than an hour on the six. We can't just. I would have still run it probably, but you know, it just was. It just made it so that like they had to just score and then leave whatever time was left, and then you knew Mahomes was going to beat them. It was just obvious. You almost needed so to score a, in a way quicker because you knew Mahomes was going to beat him. You want more time with the ball later. <laughs> but but the Chiefs were going to be able to control how much time was left, you yeah. know, on their drive. So it was just, yeah, it was just a timing thing. The Raiders are good; they're a good team. That, oh yeah, that, they're legit. That they're team's, legit. They're, I was frustrated so. because I have Josh Jacobs everywhere, and you know I'm going to get that touchdown if uh, Witten doesn't have that penalty. Oh yeah. And the thing is, too, like, why are you trying? Why are you using cadence at the goal line anyhow? I mean, you're right. you're going to gain another inch. I mean, it was really that close. Habit, yeah, it, it is annoying. Dalton had a good idea as first and only uh, in his life uh, on the podcast. He said, like, let's say at least for the offense, you're backed up on your half yard line and you commit a false start or you, you know, holding or whatever. Well, I mean, it's like a quarter of a yard penalty, but why shouldn't they just move the first down marker five or ten yards further away? Ah, I like because that. because like it makes no sense. It's like, well, yeah, you can't go backwards, but. Why would it be first and 20 if you're at midfield, but it's only first and 10 and a quarter if you're at your goal line? Just make it first and 20. Just put the first. It's so easy, but they act, oh, there's nothing we can do. We're backed up. No, there's something you could totally do to enforce a penalty because it encourages just sort of this like reckless, you know, you can do whatever you want. But the same thing happened where I think the Chiefs committed a penalty first, but it was like barely inches and it was like a personal foul or something. And yet it's nothing. And then a little false start moves you back five yards. Yeah. You should get credit or something. You should have like a credit. No, we've got a credit. Sorry. We'll use our credit. That penalty that you got nothing on. We'll just not take our penalty. 
See, it doesn't <laughs> like credit. It's so it. it's so stupid. You should have like a credit. It doesn't. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that, was a, that was a garbage call too, though. Um, it, it, like they, you heard again because the microphones were so good. You heard uh, Matthew go for what? Uh, and then the announcers go, right. yeah. What what was that for? They showed a little replay because you watched the condensed version, obviously. So yeah, I uh, did. I didn't see what I didn't see what he yeah, did. They, they were like, what what was the foul here? We don't know what it was. Well, what was the one? Because again, I was watching the condensed version. I'm fourth and one right at the goal line. They were going to go for it, and it, then they got a sideline taunting penalty, and then they were it wasn't like the fifteen minutes. Uh, I guess like it, it was it was just as dumb. Um, it's like the coaches are have to stay in a certain area. And they were like multiple coaches well past that box. Well, why? What, what's what's the purpose of that? I guess that you know, coach, just coaches have to stay between the twenties or whatever. And they had multiple ones like over that line or whatever, and so that's a that's a foul. It's it's like the illegal shifts and the like the well not the all right, well not that necessarily, but like the oh we didn't have them covered up on this side and that, those sort of things. There's right. a reason for it. No one no one got back to me as far as I, I know. Uh, about or at least uh, they didn't get back to me. They might have gotten back to you. Like, what's the rationale for that line? You know, the uh, covered up on the end rule. There is that. This I, I think that might be that you could like they wouldn't know their player was there. They like hide a small guy behind a big guy, and then all of a sudden he sprints out. He's wide open, like no, hiding a like, player. But it's like if a guy's offset on the line of scrimmage. That's what I mean by covered up. You know, what, what does it mean? You know, when you got one guy on the outside and he's like a step behind the line of scrimmage instead of on the line of scrimmage. Oh, I see. Oh, I think you need seven guys on the line or something like that. Oh, I don't know. But I think you need like your five linemen and then like two other guys at the line. I think so. I I might be wrong about that. But you need like seven guys at the line of scrimmage for some reason. Maybe because like one guy can go in motion if there's enough, I guess. I'm not really sure what there's obviously it's, you know, we talked about this last week, but or maybe on the show, but it might be, you know, the same kind of thing like offsides and. Yeah. hockey or soccer where it's like, Oh, there'd be goal hanging. If you didn't have this and we don't want goal hanging, we want legit fast breaks. So there's something that teams would do if they didn't have to worry about this. And I'm not sure what that is in football, right. but it's probably got a purpose like that. It probably does. Um, moving on, on other injuries. I want to talk about Julio had the hamstring injury and missed a lot of the second half. Uh, and that's a big, it's it, that offense. You have Julio. It functions. You don't have Julio. It doesn't function. Period. You know, a lot of times you say, "Okay, you got two uh, big, uh, good receivers, Julio and Ridley." Oh, that means more targets for Ridley. Oh, it helps. No, it doesn't though. I, I think in this case, at least, we can see that Ridley needs the number two corner. You, right. you know, he he can't deal with you know the being bracketed. He can't deal with that. Julio is a difference maker. And you could see it, you know, Ryan got sacked eight times too, but I think some of that was because they could turn the dogs loose. Julio couldn't hurt them. Yeah. Julio Jones is one of the top five receivers of all time. I I mean, you have, you can argue who the four are, but he's one of the top five receivers of all time. So it it is, it's not implausible that someone like Ridley, who's a good receiver, first round pick, who's produced ever since he got into the league. It's not the same, you know, it's, he's a good player. Maybe, you know, when Julio retires next year or two or three, we'll see Ridley emerge as that guy. He might. But uh, for now, it, it looks that way. But, yeah, you're right. But the other thing is the pass rush, as you mentioned, is was so fierce that it might have just been hard to get going, period. I mean, it was like, you know, DK Metcalf gets shut down by Jalen Ramsey. But same time, you know, uh, Russell Wilson was under assault, so he couldn't really get those – couldn't really even let the play develop long enough, and that might have – also happened to Ridley to an extent. 
Yeah, uh, I think that's possible. So, uh, and I just, yeah, and Ryan, I, I saw this one breakdown. Uh, I think it was Matt Waldman I uh, was uh, doing on Twitter uh, talking about how Ryan just didn't have that sense of urgency to get rid of the ball at times. You know, sometimes it's just the play's not open. Get rid of it. Don't take the sack. Right. And, you know, he, he didn't do that. Uh, just you know, Saints defense won people leagues yesterday because of that, though. Uh, meanwhile, Taysom Hill on the other side, you know, he wasn't bad. I mean, he's not throwing it to Kamara. That's a that's a concern. But he was throwing a lot to Michael Thomas. It saved Michael Thomas's uh, day, at least. Yeah, I mean, that's what Michael Thomas needed is like a real QB with some skill. Uh, and, you know, now that they got rid of that pretender and, and they got, uh, you know, the uh, the second coming of Tebow, he's set. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 th- I think that I think that what really I think the deal is that Kamara, you know, I mean, Breeze is captain check down. And running QBs don't check down when things break down, they run, they scramble. And yeah. I do think next week there'll be some designed short throws to Camara in the offense, like that, that he'll get four catches just from that. But his value takes a legitimate hit because breeze would just always know where Camara was. Even if he were blocking, he'll just peel out and be that outlet. And breeze knows you know, exactly how to put it, lead him, make it easy for him. And it's just Hills when things break down, he's taken off. So yeah, Camara's, this seriously compromises his value. Like Dalvin cook is better than him. Now I think, you know, Henry and Camara 50, 50. I think now you have some, some competition at the top where Camara was the easy number one with breeze. It, it changes things. Yeah. Camara was also hurt during the week too. He missed, he was missed one practice, limited another one. I mean, that that's always something to kind of watch for too. You know, he was off. He got, thir- he got 13 carries in the, the week. He got, thir- he got 13 carries. Yeah. Got the touchdown at least. But yeah, and also Taysom Hill's going to hurt the backs there in the goal line. It's kind of like the Baltimore running backs. You know, sometimes uh, Ingram had a ton of touchdowns last year, so it doesn't always work that way. But you can lose a lot of rushing touchdowns. It happens with the Pats usually too, or whoever wherever Cam's at too. Yeah, I know that's true. Um, it's uh, I'm a little annoyed because in my NFFC prime time, I'm facing the guy in first place and. A lot of bad things. I have Metcalf and Kamara, and, and I went to put in for Alex Smith. I, I bid two bucks. My own fault that I'm low on Fab. This guy went 27, and he did not start Hill. He had someone else good. I can't remember who, Kyler Murray or somebody starting. So but he obviously bid block. on Hill, P- perhaps, or maybe he thought like just in case Murray gets hurt, you know, he's gonna. Have, but it, it seems a little far fetched that like because he knew all I had was Baker Mayfield. And I and I got beat for Andy Dalton by a couple bucks. So I ended up picking up Alex Smith starting him, got ten points. Yeah. Taysom Hill got twenty seven. So that cost me seventeen points. I'm up six. And I've got Antonio Brown. He's got Ronald Jones and the uh, Tampa kicker. So it's close. It's about fifty fifty. You know, he might be a slight favorite, but it's pretty close. But I should have smashed, basically. And I had the Saints defense, but he had the Browns defense who had like twenty one or something crazy like that. So I'm a little annoyed, and uh, I'm hoping uh, I win it. But basically, yeah, I got blocked. I was the second high bid. Oh. On the Friday bid, obviously, this came – this is the second bidding, too. This isn't just – you know, this is like somebody going out to get ill. Uh, and, he, and I mean, it was smart by him because he knew. He could see if, if he was paying attention that my quarterbacks were you – know, I, I didn't want to start Mayfield, so I had to pick someone up. I have Danny Dimes, but he's on by. Yeah. And, yeah, and you never know. I mean, if Hill, Hill shows that he, he's – 
could do this on a weekly basis. You know, he gets another Atlanta game in two weeks. He gets Denver this upcoming week. These are these are viable games. Although Denver really showed up this week. Well, he has Kyler Murray, so he's definitely not using right. Hill ever unless Murray gets hurt. But yeah, but, it could have been very useful for you for the upcoming weeks oh, too. I mean, totally. You don't totally. really you don't really want to use Mayfield ever. I mean, or Alex Smith. But there's literally the only other guy there. Yeah, and I was like. You know, against the Bengals, I was like, I'll take Alex Smith. But yeah, I mean, I was the correct call. I got two points extra for using Alex Smith, but it was, you know, it was bad, bad choices for both. Exactly. Uh, before we move on, a quick note from our friends at Prop Swap: Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use Prop Swap. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know rookies never or bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to five hundred in bonus catch. Just use the promo code ROTO five hundred. That's promo code R O T O five zero zero, and Prop Swap will match your first deposit up to five hundred dollars. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the Prop Swap app. Uh, one other injury note, uh, Rex Burkhead out for the season now for the Pats. You know, it's not like directly hurts things, but you know what I think it does is it actually gives James White a little bit of value. And I don't think you could have used White prior to this, but now he's the pass catching back for the, the Pats. You know, I, I think Harris is pretty much ensconced as the runner between the tackles. And, you know, Cam's not running as much either. So I, I think that that actually might have some in, some interest there. Cam's not running at all, really. And yeah. that's been weird, you know, ever since COVID it's, it's weird. I don't know. I don't doubt it's because of COVID, but for whatever reason, he's not running and it's, it's changing. He's, he's not really usable. He had a good game. He actually played well. I watched a lot of that game that the story there was the Patriots a just, just did not tackle very well and B have no pass rush at all. It's like they just Watson just carved him up because he was just standing there. Yeah. I was just very frustrating. It's I had like the, the Jets game on bet. Monday night two weeks ago. I mean, I, we talked about this. I wasn't convinced that the Pats' defense was fixed. Uh, they they got one sack on Flacco in the fourth quarter and one and one miracle interception where he just did a heat check throw. I mean, they did nothing against him. And this this game was very similar. And it, I was reading like they didn't blitz that much. They didn't send the guys after. Uh, yeah, Watson. they didn't. They didn't send. They didn't blitz. And it's like I, I know Watson's kind of a smart quarterback, and he can deal with the blitz. But it's like you got to blitz if you can't get. If you obviously you'd rather get home with four. Yeah, you know, with your with your base rush. Wouldn't That's we all ideal. like that. Yes. Right. Of course. But if you can't, then you've got to mix it up so that like suddenly a corner comes out of nowhere and takes out your quarterback. You can't do it every time because they'll adjust, but just unpredictably blitz, and they never adjusted. So what? What's the alternative? You just sit there and let them pick you apart and lose the game. I mean, at some point you got to take a chance, and it was really bad. I mean, the, the Patriots are four and five now; they're four and six. They're almost out of it. It just seemed like just what are you worried about? Just take a chance. There, he's carving you up, and uh, that was the story of the game. Zero pass rush. I think their secondary actually played decently. It was just that. You can't let Watson right stand back there for five seconds every single snap. Right, and you know some of this is personnel. They had so many guys opt out, and you know it's kind of you know some of that's coming to roost. You know, and you know they they did a good job against Baltimore, but that was also in a monsoon. And it's also Baltimore who's got offensive line problems out the wazoo. Huge and, problems. They have huge problems. Baltimore. I watched that game a lot of it, and 
first of all, it was awesome. AJ Brown is awesome. That, that yeah. go ahead touchdown was just like, you know, and then they have a Derek Henry that finishes in overtime and you're like, they have two guys, nobody in the history of the NFL has had two more punishing yep. key skill guys. And then Corey Davis is having kind of a little breakout and John Smith is good. And Tannehill is a good athlete too. And so this is just a good offense. It's just a really good offense. The play calling is good. It's a sharp offense. The defense is very mediocre. And so they have their flaws. Their special teams are horrible, but this team has ceiling. And I was trying to say about the Colts game, like, okay, the Colts grounded out going on fourth down against the Titans and beat them. But the Titans are the team that could do damage in the playoffs. I don't think the Colts can. I don't think rivers is good enough. He almost made a horrible throw. He played pretty well. The offense is set up pretty well. Defense is pretty good, but I just don't see a ceiling for them the way, you know, I see it for the Titans. Yeah, I I see. I see what your point is there for sure. The Titans worry me, though, too, because, I mean, they did get manhandled by the Colts in the second half there. They were on the field forever. That defense to me is just it's just meh. You know, and I think, you know, Lamar's struggles. I mean, let's face it, you know, Hollywood Brown's become Lancaster Brown. It's not just like a, a, a lesser known suburb. He's like out in the exurbs. He's nowhere close to Hollywood now. Uh, it, it's just he, he had a bad drop in the first quarter. He had a, a near catch in the second quarter of the end zone where you're like, okay, that could you know some receivers come up with that. That one got broken up though. You're the, the knocks on him about his size have come to roost. I mean, he's just tiny. He doesn't fight for the ball. I mean, they and they can't throw it like they can't throw it up for the grabs ball because he's not going to get it. And so you lose targets. Yeah. And plus you need, you need offensive line play too, for someone like him, you need to get him down the field and throw it behind the defense. And that takes time to develop. And, you know, Jackson is so herky jerky gets the ball. It's like, he can throw a nice deep ball actually, but it's just like read, react, run. He's got time and he doesn't have as much time. The offensive line, like you said, isn't as good. We've been talking about this all season. They're not getting the chunk plays. They had two big plays to Andrews, uh, but they're just not getting long plays. Uh, and that that's just it's a problem, uh, and I, I I don't see it getting fixed anytime soon. Yeah, Dobbins emerged from the committee, and he looked pretty good. So that's one thing. I think he's going to get most of the carries. You can't he did that trust the Steelers four weeks ago, and then he he kind of disappeared two weeks in a row after that. I mean, he should. I mean, Ingram got like six snaps, so they maybe they realized finally. Okay, stop messing around with Mark Ingram. Okay, he's back, but who cares? Just use Dobbins. Yeah, I, th- I think they're starting to realize. It. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. But it's time. It's deep enough into the season. It's pretty interesting. You know, when the Ravens played the Chiefs in Baltimore, Baltimore was like four point favorites. Everyone, everyone had them as bigger than just the yeah, home they're field better advantage. Than the Chiefs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's on such a small sample. I mean, it was last year's sample, also the priors. But yeah, still, it's just so interesting how easily. And so, you know, we were ranking QBs. You know, Jackson and Mahomes were the one two, and I have Mahomes ahead of him. And I had regressed Jackson decent amount, not nearly to where he is now. I mean, I should have regressed him more, obviously. But it's like Mahomes' game doesn't regress. Mahomes is Mahomes. Like, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. But Jackson was, what is he really? And it's so crazy. This guy's the MVP. And, I mean, if they had a viable backup, he could lose his job. I mean, that's how poorly he's playing. If they had somebody, he could. I mean, no, they wouldn't. He won MVP. But that's how drastic this is. He, yeah, he's like a borderline on, fantasy QB. Some of it's on Jackson. Real, real life QB. A lot of that's the offensive line too, though. And I think it's, it shows, you know, 
you have one key guy retire, you have another guy the loot is out for the season, and oh, you know the Jenga puzzle comes apart. We've used that analogy a lot of times. Mahomes is Mike Trout to me, though. You know, every year he's going to be good. Someone might have a better season, and so okay, you can make the case for him not being the MVP. But you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, he's the, he's he's one A. He's he's well, the number yeah, he one. And, yeah. He and Russell Wilson. There's two players. Yeah. There's two guys in the league. I think that are just different than the other guys. So what does this and, mean for Kyler Murray next year? Are you gonna? How much are you gonna re- regress him? Uh, you got to regress him because he's having the you know like Jackson did the greatest fantasy yeah, quarterback season of all time. A lot, you know, like <laughs> I regressed Jackson a lot. I gave him 26 touchdown passes. It wasn't enough. He had 35 yeah. last year in 15 games, 36 in 15 games. I gave him 26 and it wasn't enough. Although he may end up at, you know, 23 or something by the end of the year, but just right. the whole, the whole package. Um, reg- well, he'll be regressed a decent amount, but he's still going to be like a second or third round pick because those skills, I think Murray's in between Mahomes and Jackson. Jackson was like, he threw a lot of touchdown passes but he didn't have a lot of passing yards mm-hmm. and he didn't have a lot of attempts. And I think like a lot of his uh, value was, was running like so much of his value was being a runner. And I don't know that even last year, even though he, because his running was such something they had to respect so much um, and honor, like he still, uh, he, he, st- he still didn't, I, he made it, it made it easier for him to be a passer, but I don't think it really proved that he was a real NFL level passer whereas i think murray has passed that threshold already that murray's already a passer and the running is like amazing but it's not like his like if he were a little slow i don't know if murray would be a starter in the nfl but he it's he'd be like a you know it, it's i think jackson is a lot farther from being if he were only a passer say he was as fast as philip rivers tomorrow lamar jackson i don't think is in the nfl murray might be so that that's the difference. I think I think he's in between. Right. If Mahomes had no mobility at all, he would still be he'd still be like Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You know what I mean? Like he'd be just you know Aaron Rodgers. I mean Rodgers has mobility, but he'd still be like a star. Whereas like these other guys, like it's it's a huge part of their game. Not that that's going to go away, but you just have to regress. What if it's hard? What what if things get tougher? Um, but I think because Murray, the other thing is like when Mahomes won his MVP, the Chiefs were scoring ridiculous amounts of points. When Jackson won his MVP. The Ravens had elite everything, you know, the run blocking, everything was great. Murray's surroundings aren't that great. I mean, Hopkins has helped, but it's not like they have an elite offensive line. It's not like they have elite weapons. True. You know, it, like Murray, it could actually get better for Murray in some ways, not fantasy wise, but he gets his environment could get better. Lamar Jackson is ranked what for you now? Five, six, one quarterbacks? Um, I got to do the re- rankings again this week, maybe like eight or nine. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. I can't put him. And I think I think you're right on that. I think it is. I, you know, I was trying to. I, I haven't looked at you know that. I had him at like five or six this week in my uh, rankings. But they play the Steelers on Thanksgiving night this week. Uh, he's not going to be in my top ten. I'll tell you that. I don't know where he's going to be, but he won't be in my top ten. He's kind of matchup independent though, because it's all about kind of just him getting loose for a couple of big plays. It is, but the big plays aren't happening. That's the point. The chunk plays aren't happening. But they can happen unpredictably and quickly. Like it just takes a couple of, you know, he just turns the corner, beats one safety, and it's, you know, 50-yard touchdown run. So he'll put up numbers in a hurry. But, yeah, I I don't see how you can put him ahead of Herbert. I don't think you you could put him ahead of um, Josh Allen. There's just too many guys that I think I'm going to have ahead of him now. Yeah, it's so funny to say, you know, compare to, you know, 
they, fast, rewind eight weeks or nine weeks and say, I can't can't imagine having Lamar Jackson ahead of Justin Herbert. I mean, just all the, you know, at the start of the season, he may not even play that much. He is really struggling to get the offense. You know, Herbert's actually, I already, I already have, I already had lowered him. I'm looking now from last week. I didn't, I was just looking where I, I already had him at nine. Okay. Overall. So it, it goes Murray, Wilson, Mahomes, Watson, Herbert, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Jackson. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I think I'm going to leave that. I think I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think I, I, I I'm. It sounds about right. Uh, who's who's right below Jackson? Uh, Rogers. Rogers. Oh, oh, below. Oh, below him is Ryan. So he's yeah. actually ahead. He's ahead of Ryan. Yeah, and I ten, see it. You know, I got I got to redo some of these lower guys, but those top ten, I think, are how I want it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Packers Colts. Let's talk about that for a second. There. That was it. Was I, I like your uh, line there? Close doesn't always equal good. Uh, it was such a horrible game. It was late, you know, so it was almost one in the morning my time. And I got to get up early these days to walk the dog in the morning. Like, you know, 7 a.m., I'm outside uh, taking him out. And so I was like, I just want to get to sleep. And this thing goes to overtime. The whole, there were five holding calls in a two-minute span. It was just ridiculous. Some of them were real holds, but it was yeah. just so annoying. And then the Colts wouldn't just, uh, just hand the ball off and oh, run the clock. And then on top of that, they uh, – Rivers not only threw it, but he almost threw a pick. It's like, what are you making that throw for? Just sit on it and run this clock down and they make him use the timeout and get it down to like 50 seconds left in the game or whatever. And then, you know, give him the ball back with 50 seconds and no timeouts. Instead, they had like a minute and 50 and one timeout. It was like, what are you, what's the point of this? Yeah, the third and 26 play, the incomplete pass. They, the Packers had one timeout still left at that point. You got, it's 101. You make them use the timeout. Period. Right. And they ran on, they threw on first down too after one of the holds. So it was first and 20, and they threw and had an incomplete pass. Twice they didn't make them use a timeout. It was just infuriating. And I was with you. I, I, I had the Colts, you um, know, minus two and a half. I'm like, just, oh, don't do that. You win the game by just running the clock here. Just take a knee for God's sake. Yeah, it was like the Super Bowl with the Falcons when they got sacked and got taken out of field goal range, which would have sealed it. It was just, just unconscionable, like just yeah. so obvious what to do, and they just lost sight of it somehow. And and Rivers isn't the guy who's going to make a play. You know, he's not going to like roll out and find. He's not Pat Mahomes going to find somebody down the field to make a surprise first down. Just don't even mess with it. Yeah, but and meanwhile the Packers too, for that matter, they settled for the field goal at the end of regulation. I, I say settled because twice they clocked it on first down. Just. You've got the helter-skelter going. It's working. Just keep rolling with it there. You, you're getting Devontae Adams against a linebacker across the middle, and instead, they, you know, like, oh, let's let them reset their defense. Okay. And then the, the clock's running. They run it all the way down to like seven seconds and before, you know, uh, but, you know, uh, and they had to settle for the field goal there because they had no more time. It's like, guys, you could win the game right here. It's over. Right. You, don't, you don't want, you know, the team just came back on you. You already blew a big lead. You want to play more? No, just win the damn game. Yeah, it was horrible. The other thing that was so weird is the Colts had the ball the entire second half because the Packers had a couple fumbles. So the Colts' time possession, I didn't look at it, but it had to be like 25 minutes in the second half. It was absurd. Why were the Colts doing the holding? I mean, usually when you bang up a defense like that for half an hour straight, the defense is Swiss cheese. And yet the Colts are holding every play. Some of it was ticky-tack, obviously. Some of them were legit. 
I think it was just ticky tack. Was the game days. fixed? Who calls five holding calls in two minutes? It was like, what is going on here? I'm here to ref the best game of my life. People are here to see I, me. I, I don't. I just really. It was. It was this. I've never seen anything like it. That many holding calls. It was crazy. It, it really was crazy. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there there are obviously some good things uh, in that one. Adams, you know, had the limited practice all week, and he didn't go crazy, but he still was very productive. Uh, very annoying too. That dude that I was playing had Adams, of course, and of course those that overtime. The fact that Colts couldn't chew up the clock. I mean, I think Adams got two catches for like twenty extra yards. Yeah. On the subsequent drive, and I don't think he did anything in overtime. Thank God. I could mean, I could have lost him. He could have got a touchdown, but just like. Put these guys away. Get this guy off the field. Adams didn't do much in the second half. He did have a touchdown. Uh, you know, he was it was a sort of normal game. It wasn't like a, a it was a good game, but it wasn't a monster game. Yeah, that's right. Um, Aaron Jones, you mentioned this too. He hasn't been the same since the quad injury. He, I mean, he he paid the bills. He got the touchdown. He had a few catches, but he didn't go crazy. And you know, granted, Colts run defense is pretty good. That that's a big part of that. But it's been too. four games or whatever, and he was doing what Dalvin Cook is doing now. Right. He was doing that early in the season. And, was like, yeah, like Jacksonville was a good opponent last week, and he didn't go crazy against them either. So that was your kind of your sign. So yeah, he looks he looks fine, but he was like owning the entire game. He was taking over the game right. fantasy wise and reality wise, and now he's just some guy who catches a few passes and gets ten carries. Yeah. The one good thing is he's still good around the goal line. Uh, he, he's still a really good goal linebacker. You know, compare like I have Josh Jacobs in a lot of places, and I've seen many times now where Jacobs has gotten stuffed around the goal line. Maybe that's the Raiders' offensive line, some too. But some some backs just find those little creases better than others. I feel like Jacobs isn't as good at that, and I think Jones is really good at that. I think there's something to that, but sometimes it's also just these bunch formations at the goal line where there isn't a crease. Yeah. And so you're asking the guy and Barkley all the time, like just be like smash through four people. Well, it doesn't work. Right. You know? And whenever it's like Derek Henry, he can smash through people, but often he's like just walking, standing up right in through That's the true. end zone. And they know it's Derek Henry. They know he's getting the ball and yet he's got a big hole to run through. They, they're really well coached on the offensive line. Somehow even mi- missing Taylor Lewan, they still Henry, I never see a guy just run full speed through like a giant hole and get 20 yards on random carries more than Henry. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, but it's still infuriating. Like there is that the Raiders Browns game where Jacobs got stuff like three times that I remember. Although one of those arguably he got in and you're right. Maybe that is just the Raiders aren't run blocking. Well, there, they don't have the right formations it happened again last night, a couple of sit times. So they got down to the one and he did not score. Uh, uh, you know, there was that, you know, when they got to the fourth and inches that one time, and then, then there was the, the play before Witten had the penalty. And, and of course, Witten, you know, vultures the touchdown too, as the added insult. It couldn't have been Aguilar. It couldn't have been anybody useful, but no, it had to be Witten. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I saw those, you know, the Browns, they got stuffed at the goal line, you know, and last year that happened a lot of times too. If you remember, you know, Chubb had some problems scoring a couple of times this time. He didn't even get the carries at the goal line. So frustrating. Yeah, Kareem Hunt really had like 13 carries on 11, 13 yards on 11 carries, and Chubb just runs rough shot over the defense. And yet they're trying to smash it in with with Hunt. He did score one, but he got stuffed another time. Yeah. That's that was an annoying game. And Wentz is just it's all guts, no skill. Just he's just you know Wentz. Someone said this. I, I should have credited them, but I, I can't remember who it was. He has the triple crown. He has the most sacks, the most picks, and the most fumbles 
in the league. All three. Those that are interrelated, is, too. The sacks beget everything else, too, I think, a little that's bit. That's true, but, I mean, to lead in all three? Yeah. I mean, Danny Dimes last year led in fumbles, but he didn't lead in picks and sacks. You know, it's like it's, it's hard to I bet you was right up three. there. You were talking about how Dimes is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL at one point. He hasn't been the last couple t- games as much, but, you know, that, that, it all leads to that. Um, it's connected, but still, yeah, you're right. It's correlated, but so is, you know, the triple crown home runs, RBIs, batting average. They're all connected. You know, RBIs and home runs are connected. Still, it's a triple crown, Jeff. You got to respect it. I do. I do. I, he's becoming David Carr, unfortunately. Now, I, I think trough Brett Favre is what he reminds me of. <laughs> just all guts, you know, just like smashing, like running, not very fast, but like taking off and wanting to play hero ball. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Like, like head first in, you know, over the first down marker into two linebackers and making it, you know, just he is tough. I mean, he has yeah. been, you know, it's just all guts, no skill. And I think they got to turn to Jalen Hurts if it happens again, because what are you doing? This guy is killing you. And it's like they're getting their receivers back. They're getting you got a division back. to win, Chris. This is huge. You never know. Chip in a chair, man. You know, like if they uh, – because I saw my brother's a Dolphins fan before this last week. He was, like, getting excited. He said, Giants-Dolphins Super Bowl. I said, yeah, the Giants, they're not sniffing the Super Bowl, but they could win the division. You know, they could get to the playoffs. Yeah. Both, yeah, both the Eastern Division wins would be flawed. Uh, quick note, well, I want to talk a little Dolphins here in a second. Uh, but first, sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on BetMGM app on the BetMGM app or the website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. That's us. Uh, find out why BetMGM is the king of the sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Pro- promotional offer is not available in Nevada. All right, Chris. Uh, so Tua got benched after, and they said it was performance. It wasn't injury and the loss to Miami. And, you know, he was pretty bad. He was 11 for 20 for 83 yards. He got sacked six times. That pass rush got home a lot, uh, and he looked flustered. You know, Fitzmagic came in, led him to a drive, but then threw an end zone pick that was pretty bad. Uh, it was just okay. He was just a little bit better. But, you know, this was a surprising result. I had the Dolphins my best bet. I was 9-4, and four, but I missed my best bet and badly. Yeah, I was seven and six, lost my best bet. It was frustrating though. I was like I was winning the Chargers game. I actually thought that the safety they took cost me, but you're I right. It that. was eight is eight and a half, not seven and a half. I was like, What? I they, I was like, I got this one. They're gonna win by eight. Took a safety, but of course it didn't matter. Um that would be such a tilting way to lose, especially if you like uh, get a parlay. Maybe and probably some people I can't imagine that number getting down to seven and a half, but No, I don't think anyone had it there. I just yeah. I just forgot that it was eight and a half. Um yeah, that was uh, the the Dolphins. I mean, Tua was bad. They couldn't move the ball, and I should have known. I mean, the Dolphins were smashing everybody and covering easily, but it's one of those things that they weren't good or consistent enough offensively to just go into Denver uh, on the road in altitude against a defense that's not terrible and just 
be assured of moving the ball, and they just really couldn't at all. Now, Melvin Gordon, so I had Melvin Gordon in my lineup last week where he did nothing, and I had Ronald Jones on my bench when he went crazy. And then this week I had Ronald Jones uh, active and Melvin Gordon on my bench when he scored two touchdowns. He almost scored three touchdowns, but he fumbled, which put the Dolphins, you know, it was over if they even kicked the field goal. Yep. But Melvin Gordon fumbles. The Dolphins get the ball back down seven. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cover the spread. We got a chance. And Fitzpatrick drives them down to the red zone and then throws the pick. Uh, but Fitzpatrick definitely gave him a better chance than Tua yesterday. Yeah. It, he moved the ball. It was credible. Devontae Parker is really good. He just he's a good receiver. He makes contested catches. You he's know, tough. He's, like, he's a Jaguar though. You know, not a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's like the car. He, he's really good, but he breaks down a lot, and he, well, they, he needs to be perfect. He's played through some stuff this year. I, I don't know. That guy is he's I watched that guy play. He's good. Yeah. He's like a he's physical and uh he's figured it out, I think, at the NFL level. But yeah, that was uh they just couldn't get anything going and and they're not that sound, you know, metric wise per play stuff. But the Dolphins they just couldn't lose. They were like at a charmed life and they started off up seven nothing right away. It was like, ah, Dolphins, easy money. And that yeah, yeah. was really it. It was really it for the rest of the game or any production for them. By the way, that third near touchdown for Gordon, it was originally called a touchdown, but it wasn't I know, but close. it was, not, yeah, it it was a though. horrific call. I mean, it was like, how do you, I mean, the, every once in a while you see like that, like, oh, yeah, but they got it on replay, so we're fine. No, it's not fine because you're wasting time on that. And just in, in some cases you have to make challenges. It should be just, just get the call right. I saw there, you know, there was a lot of disputed calls in the Northwestern Wisconsin game, and yeah, Northwestern got the benefit of most of them, so it was kind of funny. But and so you can ask all the RotoWire guys about that. But there was also a spot that went Wisconsin's way that was like a yard off. It wasn't like just like a little bit off. Okay, he, you know, you could plausibly say he got the first one. No, it's like a yard, yard and a half off. And it's like, how do you miss that? And that sort of stuff happens, but it's just terrible. So. It's funny, like I hate replay because I feel it's well, two things. One, I, I just think it just takes away from the game so much, and yeah. the the benefit we get from getting it right is so much less than just like the delays and the endless lawyering and the fact that these catch rule comes into play. All these rules that don't exist. Mm-hmm. It's a fake rule. The catch rule. Oh, got to make a football move. That that doesn't exist. That's not a rule. They added that so that they could have a basis for reviewing a replay in, in real time. If there's no replay, they just, is it a catch or not? I know a catch when I see it, that's the rule, right? right. Everyone knows what a catch is. You got to come down with two feet in bounds. We knew that this whole lawyering stuff is new. Um, but that Gordon call was the reason for replay. Like there was a Vinny Testaverde touchdown. where was clearly a yard yeah, short. Yeah, I remember replay. So the, the problem is that the technology exists on TV. And so you just couldn't, once you can like, audited on TV, you had to have a mechanism for changing it because people just wouldn't be able to believe the NFL. I wonder what this is similar to. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have this, so, so they had to do it. They were forced to do it because people could see it. But I also think they called the Gordon thing a touchdown because those are automatically reviewed. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, I think it, that is a crutch. Yeah, I think so. And in it, some cases, like, oh, you let the play play out. Okay, fine, I get it. Because you don't want to have the error of commission. You want to have, you know, let the play happen. But you get a lot of these, oh, that's clearly not a, ca- a fumble, or, you know, or, you know, it's clearly not a catch. Uh, and you waste all this time. And, like, come right. on. But you do that because the one time you might have missed it and, and you, you blow the whistle, the play's dead. So I get it. But still. right. Well, that's the problem. So they, so, so they have, so I call it a touchdown because it'll be refuted. Otherwise the coach has to use a time risk, a timeout, which could change the game. So it's a whole, the whole system is kind of screwed up 
uh, just the incentives and the, I, I do think they did, they, because they huddled about it and they called it the touchdown knowing it would be looked at and they would get that right. Cause it wasn't like a crowd of people. They were going to get that right. So they figured, okay, we'll get this right. But it does, it does really slow down the game. And yeah, but the, the all problem, turnovers are also reviewed. So either way it was going to get reviewed. But that's uh, right. That's true. They didn't need to do that. And also the presumption, once you call it a certain way, then that becomes the presumption. Yeah, there's not enough to convincing evidence. Yeah, exactly. So you do distort it. There's no ideal solution. I, I do think it was better. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like elections. It's like, well, it's not about the mechanics of it. It's about people being okay. I believe in this. I trust this, yeah. you know, like even it, it's, you know, in some ways like the, the belief is more important than the accuracy because people need to believe like you need to be like, Oh, we won the game. They won the game. They moved on in the playoffs. Like, does it really matter that the guy was an inch short in a championship game? If nobody knows that he was an inch short, mm-hmm. say a guy gets into a pile. This is the, if the tree falls in the wood, you know, forest right. and no one hears it. It's like a guy gets a handoff. He crashes into the pile. It's too dense to understand. They call it a touchdown. They review it 20 times. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible to really know. Nobody really knows, but you know what? it was a touchdown and then we move on and nobody thinks about it because they did as good a job as they could. And we accept this team as the, the winner and, and blah, blah, blah. And the NFL doesn't have a problem. But if you have a, a replay and it shows the guy's short and you know that he's short um, and, and they have no way to overturn it. And so they're like, the NFL is a fraud, you know, because the wrong teams ahead, you know, like the saints Rams Super Bowl thing. It's, it's, it becomes, they can't have that because it undermines the, right. the faith in sort of like who the champion is and what, what's the point of rooting for a team then and all of this. So, um, so yeah, I think it's almost just like before replay, it's fine. They could do whatever they want, but after the, the advent of television replay, they got the oh, yeah. technology forced their hand. They have to do these reviews as much as it sucks. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it illustrates the absurdity of it too. Uh, I mean, we have, you know, yes, you have to do this, but then every play is starts with the spot. Starts with where right. is the ball starting? Yeah, and you're gonna have you know you've got these sideline judges that aren't right there with the play a lot of times. They're running along too. Their eyes are jiggling. They're running around. They're trying. They're slower than the play itself. They can't keep possibly keep up with the play. If it happens to finish in front of them, great. But a lot of times, like oh, where where did he get that down exactly? Oh, it was right over there, right there. And it's oh, but we have to have this precise spot. And meanwhile, by the way, this this ten this exact ten yard chain we're going to drag out and right. put it here. We're going to have this perfect spot. It, the chain is some real 20th century shit. I mean, I, I don't know why. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, unless you're going to, I mean, you, it, it just shows the absurdity of the whole situation though, because you can't have that degree of precision unless you have like a GPS in the ball and you have these special hundred dollar footballs every time. And you, oh, right. but we got to go. Well, they can the make that see exactly where the spot is. It would just drag it down. The game would take 17 hours to do it. Right. Well, they can make it cheap. That technology. I, I think, I mean, I was talking to Dalton about this on the real man wood pod and like, you know, I, I don't, the problem with digital stuff is if it malfunctions, you're really screwed. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, you know beca- because oh, you, you hack the football, <laughs> you get yeah, all this. Yeah. <laughs> they hack the football. Yeah. They, yeah they're like, no, 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 we won the game. They hacked the football, dude. They hacked the football, obviously. <laughs> no, but seriously, no, I mean, this is like perfect because it, it you know, it, we, we really are in a moment in reality where, where what one's prior is like really color, like what, what happens, what actually happens doesn't matter. We just need to find like a shared 
uh, a shared belief system that we, you know, look at the news. Like it used to be like the, the anchor, there's three networks and the anchors would tell the news and people believe the news. That was the news, you know, reliable in 1965 or 1975, probably not that reliable. There's propaganda and CIA, all the stuff then too, but it's just like, we just kind of agree. We had a consensus, you know, it right. built consensus. You watch the news. This is what happened. We all agreed on it, whether it was fake or real. It was like, okay, well we agree on it. Right. But now that we're fragmented so much and you know, teams, obviously sports has always been like that. Sports was ahead of its time because if I'm this fan and you're that fan, we see the same play and we're like, screw you, man. That was definitely, you know, sport, you know, that of course, bias sports fans all the time. So, but this is just, it's all, it's all coming to a head. And now we're saying, well, how do we make it precise? How do we put the electronics in the ball and all this stuff? But the thing is the electronics in the ball would be way more precise and make way fewer errors. It's like self-driving cars. You know, they don't crash as much as humans, but at least the human might have skid marks before the crash. You know, it, it's the, the self-driving car, when it makes an error, could make an error of a, a magnitude that you can't even imagine. Right. And imagine if, like, the, the beeper goes off totally unpredictably and everyone stops. I mean, you could have a total disaster where a Super Bowl is just ruined because, like, the, the electronics malfunction or something. I, I don't know. To me, a human error is like a small error that you can look at replay and fix. Uh, a systemic sort of, like, and I don't want to say hack because in football, well, there's betters on it, but I think that's the less likely thing. But just some sort of you know, some sort of error in a system, a system wide error, a glitch. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, so there's no perfect solution, but we're, it's just, this is illustrating the problems with the, with the, the world that we're in right now. That's right. That's right. All right. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Actually. Uh, good, good closing point. We got our XM show coming up in a couple, like 20 minutes. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Got Joe and Jake doing the free agent podcast tomorrow. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review. Thanks for listening to uh, and watching our podcast. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.